Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and joining us for another episode of Black 30. I'm Ryan. And I'm Candace. And this episode is for you, job seekers. For everyone who is looking to make a professional move this year, we're sharing our top three mistakes we've made while job hunting. Yes, the mistakes, the big ones. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we've been there before. We mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just have to learn. You got to figure it out. Um, But we're going to share our experiences to hopefully make your journey a little bit easier and so that we can all learn from each other. Yeah, it's a new year, new decade. You might want to switch it up. That's fine. But we just want to, you know, grab your attention and say, hey, watch out for this, you know, based Mm -hmm. on our experience. So we're ready to admit our mistakes. Don't judge us, y'all. (laughs) don't judge us just pull up a chair turn up the volume grab some tea of course and join the conversation that's right today we're revealing the biggest mistakes we've made while looking for a new job so what you drinking candace J? Girl, I am drinking a water and chasing it with hand sanitizer. And you? Oh. <laughs> you scared of that corona? Girl. <laughs> that COVID-19? Girl. Girl. <laughs> girl to the girl, girl, girl. This thing First is of all, how do you even game. find water hand sanitizer? Oh, oh yeah, you know I don't play these games. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you recall, back in our early 20s, remember when I was like ready for the rapture and I wasn't even joking? Like, you yes. know, I keep my ears to these apocalyptic streets. So when <laughs> this thing broke out, I was like, okay, I know what to do. Let me get my supplies, you know? Not just like thinking about scarcity, but also I don't want to be in these spaces while everybody is looking for materials. So I was Ooh. an early mover. You know, I got many of my core items before. Um, and then mm. I've just been kind of continuing to stock up but it's it's not a game i'm afraid for everyone and of everyone we don't want to send people into a panic or a frenzy but wash your hands stay away from folks yes um use that hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. and don't go to some public place if you don't have to go yeah right i'm i'm personally i'm really scared for achuko he's about to travel you know (gasps) yeah he leaves next sunday to go to nigeria so Uh-oh. even, you know, even though there aren't a lot of cases there, just the transit to and fro oh, has yeah. me incredibly nervous for him. So, you know, for those of you who are traveling, you know, for business or personal or just, mm-hmm. you know, you're in situations where you're having to come into contact with people, please be vigilant. You know, we, we want to keep you and others healthy. Now, what do you do thinking about this job interview episode? You know, you go there, you want to make a good impression. They always say your firm handshake is what gets, you know, the first impression that you make. Um, But are we trying to shake everybody's hand during the job interview? Are we doing fist bumps? What are we doing? That's a no for me, dog. Like, honestly... Even in my apartment building, like I left one morning, they had a cute little sign up. By the time I came back from work in the elevator, it said, we don't shake hands anymore. I'm not even kidding. Oh, (laughs) And you know what? I was not mad at them. I was like, let us know. We don't shake hands around these parts. We don't shake hands. But yeah, no, I mean, I think at this point, everybody is at least aware enough of what's happening that, you know, they're making, they understand that people aren't going to want to shake hands hands and hug I wouldn't shake anybody's hand in an interview and frankly if they're still expecting me to do that that's probably not the place for me (laughs) like are you kidding see that would be hard for me because I feel like oh they think I'm rude or you know it would be hard not to give that good impression initially yeah but 
yeah, it's interesting times. Yeah, I hear you. I'm just, I'm so committed to being corona-free, CJ. Like, I don't have, <laughs> no, like, this is not the time where it's, like, fillings over, you know, just yeah. being healthy. Like, yeah. Whew. I could see that, that maybe, like, a few weeks ago when we didn't really understand the magnitude of this thing and hadn't been as, like, locally relevant yeah. for us. But now yeah. that we're seeing how serious this can be, like, anybody who would still require me to come into co- close contact with them, I just, I don't even know how that that could be required anymore. So maybe you could just do a wave. You know, you walk into that person's office and you go, hi, I'm Ryan. You know, hey, wave. And then that's it. Don't you could do close. that. You could soul I clap. I don't care what you do. Whoa. Just do it with your person. You know what I mean? Like that, that has nothing to do with me. You could do a full out praise dance. You could crump. I don't care. I don't care. You wear a sign that says, I don't shake hands. Exactly. Until a, vi- a vaccine has been administered, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that way you just, just get it out the way. Mm-hmm. So right yeah, now, I think it's... we should all keep to ourselves. <laughs> That is true. Maybe request a, a Skype interview. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A phone interview. I mean, a phone interview. Yeah. I mean, even mm-hmm. what we saw Stanford, they announced that the final two weeks of winter quarter they're doing online and online. they're going to do take home tests and they're canceling it at mid weekend. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we have to. You got to do what you got to do. Because it also be creates, when we don't have those like top down, I think, instructions, it creates this dynamic where then people feel a pressure to show up in person, like to put themselves in situations that at this point, I would say many people are just simply uncomfortable with, you know? So I think we have to create that norm. And if you choose to opt out of it, it's fine. But yeah, I think, I think we have to give people some grace. That is so true. But you said a big word, you said pressure. And I feel like there's so much pressure surrounding the job job hunting and the job interview process in general. Like yeah. for me, that's, I think where a lot of my mistakes have come from. Cause you do feel this pressure to, to, to get the job or to make that impression or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. coronavirus aside, there's so much that is involved with that before you even get into the, I mean, before you send any resumes and hoping somebody even responds yeah. and you know, all that stuff is just, it's grueling mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's tiresome. Um, you know, so I know that there's a lot of mistakes that I've made and a lot of things that I've, I've figured out while job hunting. job hunting. I don't have them all figured out, but I've definitely made some mistakes. No, oh, same girl. Same. Yeah. Well, I here's another biggest... episode of us telling our business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, um, you know, and I'm happy to share with everybody who, you know, learned from me and my mistakes, but... I definitely have three big ones. And my first one is about that money, honey. It's not negotiating salary. Mm. Yeah. And I think this was particularly um, a mistake that I made in my 20s because I think at that time I was just excited to be hired. You know, we graduated um, from college during the recession. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Everybody was like, you only have a college degree, so I can't hire you. You need experience, but mm-hmm. then you want to hire me, and then how many experience, right? And it's just this, this cyclical thing. And so I was just happy that somebody returned a phone call or returned a resume or an email and um, that they even wanted to hire me. So I would just kind of accept whatever they offered because I didn't want to mess up the offer. Mm-hmm. I was too, and actually, I think because I was young too, so treating myself like the intern who was just lucky to be there, mm. you know, and um, 
that was a that was a huge mistake. You yeah. know, I'm still just because I may not have as much work experience, I do have that degree. I you know I am providing a service. Um, I had to be more confident in myself, but I surely did not have that then. I felt young. I should just be happy to get paid, happy somebody wanted me to work at all. Um, and so I just, whatever they told me, yes, okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah, when should I be there? Monday? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will always be eager, um, you know, and be fair, but also I'm I'm g- going to get my money now. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like there's a good way to like respectfully negotiate so that you get what you need, but to your point about, it sounds like you were also kind of speaking about how it will be perceived if you did negotiate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely scared that, you know, I think particularly when you don't have a lot of experience, you think, well, who am I to ask for more? Right. Mm -hmm. And they, and you think they're going to ask who, who are you? They're going to perceive you as, you know, maybe arrogant or, um, you know, someone who's going to be difficult when you get to the office. Yeah. And so if, you want more then I'll just go to the next person who's just as eager to take your job mm-hmm. and will take less. And so you don't want to rock that boat too much. Um, but I think what I've realized now is negotiation starts with me, meaning I need to have my own threshold before I even walk in there trying to negotiate a number. Mm-hmm. So I know now, you know, I got a husband, I got a one, now two kids, I got daycare. I got, you know what I mean? I'm like mm-hmm. going down all these expenses uh, for this to work for me. And then I need to be somewhere around here. And I know that, um, you know, to be more mindful of that instead of in going in, knowing that what's going to be beneficial to me instead of just what's going to sound good for them mm-hmm. and not rocking the boat too much. Yeah. Um, but that's still something that I'm not I'm not very good at, um, you know, a lot of particular people who work in TV have agents who do that for them. Um, that's really helpful. I don't have that. I usually, I've done it all myself. Um, but that is something I need to get even better with, but I do try to just make sure that at least I know what's going to be beneficial for me and my family. Cause I realize if I don't get that, then I, that is taken away from my family. That's taken away from my retirement. That's taken away from, you know, a lot of investment in myself. Mm-hmm. So I got to be more mindful of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely real. Um, Also, I mean, depending on where you are, you might have access to some more salary information. Um, Yeah. Like I know here in California, if you request it, then the recruiter, they do have to tell you what the approved range is for the role that you're, you're interviewing for. Um, yeah, that's, that's California state law. And you also, why well, don't, well, actually I'm pretty sure it's California state law. Do your Googles clarify, but I'm pretty sure it's across <laughs> California. I know it's definitely locally relevant um, here in the Bay area. Okay. So if you ask them what the range is for the role, they have to tell you the minimum and the maximum that they were approved to offer. Um, Mm. also you are not required to disclose your current salary. Um, Mm. and a good way to get around that is to reframe it and say, well, my expectations for what I would be looking for and, you know, use your salary and all the other data points about what you're looking for, but you are not required to disclose what you're currently making. What? That is good to know, Candice J. And so that can be helpful either earlier in the process to kind of get a gauge of, is this something that even makes sense for me to pursue? Um, But also once you do get your offer to understand where you fall within that band, um, because then that can give you more leverage to either try to get higher in that band or to try to negotiate some additional non-salary parts of your compensation to try to true yourself up a little bit more if you see that they didn't bring you in at the highest they could have. That's a great idea. Look, I'm writing notes. Taking notes right now. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's still, I mean, don't get me wrong. It can feel a little uncomfortable to ask, but it's your right to do so. Absolutely. So, and I think it's, yeah, it's getting over being uncomfortable talking about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Definitely. Mm-hmm. How so, about you? What are some of your mistakes? Yeah. So the first one, um, I guess would be s- like waiting to interview until I'm already ready to quit my current job. Mm. Right. Um, and a friend of mine, she actually told me that she's always interviewing, no matter how happy mm. or dissatisfied she is with her current role. She's always mm. at least every six months, like taking a strong interview to understand what's happening in the market, to keep her interview skills sharp, but also just wow. to always have that other data point of like, if I needed to move, here's what that would look like. And I thought mm. that made so much sense, actually, because, yeah. you know, I think typically like we start to put out our fillers a bit more of like once we're already in that space of being um, mentally ready to move, which Mm -hmm. can then not give us as much flexibility when we are getting offers, right? So if you know that you're okay with your current role, that it's not like, if I don't leave here, I'm going to like set this place ablaze, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you know that you, you still are actually in an okay spot, but you just kind of want to continue to know what's out there. That is nice because then you don't have to come into the negotiation with so much desperation. You have a pretty good Batman, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of a pro tip I learned is like, don't wait until you feel like you need to leave, Mm -hmm. um, to really start going through the interview process. Yeah. Cause like you said, then you do feel desperate, whoever, but just please, please, you just want to get out of that situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you have been looking earlier, yeah, you'll have, you'll feel more, uh, less, likely to have to commit to whatever comes first. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. said it also lets her know, like, know maybe new things that they're talking about for the types of roles that she's targeting. So it's like, oh, I noticed that they were talking about X certification or they were talking about this type of skill. Well, now you can do it without feeling like such a time crunch is on you, right? So mm. it's like you're making sure that your skills are remaining relevant if you do need to make the move later. It just, it made so much sense. I was like, why, why is like everybody not doing this? Not doing that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. How about you, girl? Um, you know what? I think that makes me think of when you talked about desperation, I feel like this kind of leads into my second mistake, which mm-hmm. was not doing enough research or asking enough questions about the company environment that I was going to. Yeah. Um, because I think when you do feel that desperation, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, it's fine. I'm just like ready to leave this, this operation or wherever this company I was before and I'm ready to move. And maybe I didn't ask enough about, you know, how many employees are here mm. or what is work-life balance like? Yeah. Um, how many people, what time do people usually come in and what, how long do they stay? Um, you know, I've worked at places that were really small, like really small, mm. like maybe two, three of us. Oh, wow. And yeah, and I you know, again, goes back to, I, I needed a job. So I worked there, but I don't really like small environments. Hmm. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they can be at least, and I think particularly not for that period in my life, just because, um, I just felt, it made me feel a little bit more isolated than I think I should have been at the time. Um, and so I just realized, you know, but maybe now I might like that because I might have more flexibility because I am a mom and, yeah you know, uh, that may have been more beneficial for me, mm-hmm. but I just think asking more questions and, and about the company and what the experience will be like when you get there, um, is just as important as asking about your day-to-day role. Um, cause you want it to be beneficial and you want it to, to be, you know, you're going to spend so much time there. You mm-hmm. want it to be an environment that you're, 
going to grow and prosper in. Yes. Um, and I don't think I did enough of that or asking other employees what they like about it, you know, just asking the hiring manager, or whatever, you know, trying to ask other people who work there, I think is really beneficial. It's so true. Um, yeah. Yeah. How many, how many hours people usually work, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I just didn't ask. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. And I think the, the more, um, you know, my career continues to like develop, the more I see the importance of like backdoor references and backdoor channels, mm-hmm. right? Like if you really want to know what's going on with a company, honestly, your best person to talk to is a former employee yeah. because they don't have as much skin in the game to like try to protect the brand necessarily. Right. Um, and especially if you can find someone who left on fairly amicable terms, like if it's somebody who's in the middle of a yeah. lawsuit with them, okay, maybe like check your sources, <laughs> let's gather some more data points and weight that occur- <laughs> accordingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like someone who left, and who left like fairly recently and it can just be a, like truly you're just trying to get some facts like hey so tell me what it was like to work there you know mm-hmm. what could what could make you go back there if you don't mind sharing what was the reason that you left getting a little bit more information about like what is the real deal not just from mm-hmm. the people that the company puts in front of you because they're not going to put together people you know who are necessarily going to share some of the drawbacks or or be as willing to share the drawbacks because they've gone through a company sponsor channel Right. But getting information from people who maybe weren't on the list of people that they wanted you to contact can be a good way to get a more comprehensive view of like, what am I actually going to to encounter there? And also to know that while you may have given them references, they're probably doing backdoor references on you anyway. So you might Mm -hmm. as well get your backdoor reference on too. How would you suggest going about that if you don't know somebody who's worked there previously? You just know about the company because you just saw it on a job board or something. Yeah. And then maybe you found somebody on a LinkedIn page, let's Mm -hmm. say, who used to work there. Would you just reach out to them that way? I would. I would. I would tell them, you know, hey, you know, um, I'm X in the process. Now, if you were just in the exploratory phase where you haven't really gone through any of like the gates for it, that might Mm. not be the time to do a a really cold outreach. I would say basically it's going to be inversely related. The farther you are into the process, the more likely you are to get a hit on like a cold outreach to somebody there. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you aren't as far into it, then you probably need to have like a stronger relationship with whoever you're contacting. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, you know, reaching out to your networks, it's okay if it's not someone you have direct contact with, but even I've just seen like, you know, second degree connections that I have through people generally, Mm. they're also very willing to tell you a bit more about like what happened with the company. Um, if it's somebody that like has vouched for you as part of making that connection. So, you know, this honestly might be my privilege talking, but I haven't had a company that I was looking into where I wasn't able to do at least, you know, one or two backdoor references on what is it actually like to be here. Yeah. Once I expand my network beyond the first degree. That network is crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which actually gets to my second mistake, mm. <laughs> which is not leveraging my networks as much as I could. Ah, yeah. you'll see that too. Definitely. Yep. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, this one, it doesn't have to be, you know, my, my best friend works for this company, right? What we're really trying to get is just as many data points as possible. And so that's yeah. where um, I think I could have done a better job of reaching out via people that maybe I kind of knew in a less like um, 
maybe I didn't have a strong relationship, but we were in the same class in college or, you know, it's someone who, you know, was in a different department at a previous employer or something, right? Like even those like fairly superficial interactions or relationships, not leveraging even those um, either to try to get someone who would help to vouch and, and, um, you know, kind of bolster my chances of getting in the door or to just provide me with more information where I could see if I even wanted to go through that door. Um, and I will say some of it was probably from guilt with me. I felt like I kind of had some advantages, particularly around our education that I knew other people didn't. So it felt a bit sleazy to use those connections to help me. Um, but I think honestly, the more, um, um, you know, I've worked, the more I've realized this is a game that everybody's playing. Everybody. That, yeah. And that while some people may leverage their networks where it's more of like a, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. There are also communities like intentional communities that are being created to try to get people in the door who have historically not. And so, mm-hmm. um, I think once I kind of reframed my thinking about networks and not feeling like it was nepotism um, or that it was um, reinforcing systems of exclusivity, the more willing I was to use them for my own advantage and just make sure that then I was also being a resource to others once I was there. Yeah. And I'm I'm glad you said that because sometimes I am hesitant to reach out. I'm like, oh, I know so-and-so works there and let me reach out, even though I haven't talked to, you know, he or she in about, uh, he or her or him in about, you know, a year or two, you know, I feel like, or they think I'm just using them to get yeah. this job. You know, it can, it can be weird to reach out and ask for help, mm-hmm. but if the reverse happened and somebody was interested in my company, I would be happy exactly to help them. But yep. <laughs> it can sometimes be a little murky because if it's somebody I wouldn't necessarily want to refer, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, you know, you got to figure that out. But I think hopefully I have a good enough reputation and hopefully I've been, um, uh, keeping in contact with people enough that they know me still and they know my work and Mm -hmm. they would be happy to forward me along, um, in the process. Um, you know, and then I've still kind of developed a rapport because I've also realized I'm like, I didn't talk to that person. You know, I haven't talked to them since I walked out the door. Like it's a little, it's a little awkward. Mm -hmm. So I need to be better about, um, you know, reaching out and just saying, Hey, how you doing? Or at least like commenting on their Facebook page, like something, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Just to keep that relationship going so that it's not just out of the blue when I'm like, Hey, can you help me with this job? Yeah. And you yeah. know, I, I have to say, I have been, um, like generally surprised by how willing people are to help though, even without mm-hmm. having maintained those relationships. Cause you know, even what you said was when people are reaching out to you, barring, you know, there being a, a real concern around them, you're generally happy yeah. to be yeah. a good information source or to help them, right. Get their foot in the door. And Absolutely. people generally are willing to do, you know, do good things for you. Um, yeah. and I think that professional, um, professional support is one area where it's actually, it feels kind of low stake, not low stakes for people, but it's, it's not an intimate interaction, right? We all get Mm. that we need to provide for ourselves. And so I found that even people like who maybe I haven't spoken to in a while. Yeah. Like I don't just send them an email, like, Hey, I need you to pass on my stuff, but it's like, Hey, you know, I'm in the market. I've been doing this. I think I'd be a good fit. Can I chat with you for like 15 minutes to one confirm if this is a good fit and two see if you have anybody you 
know who might be able to help me if I am. Mm -hmm. And so that's Mm -hmm. a good time where you can one, you know, give them the download on what you've been up to, you know, Mm -hmm. pass the sanity check that you aren't crazy because there is going to be some, you know, Mm -hmm. um, professional equity that they are putting on the line if they're going to act as a reference for you. So you need to make sure they need to make sure you pass the crazy test and that they would feel comfortable referring you. But I find that if you kind of have your stuff together, you present well when you interact with those people and like, don't do anything to sound their alarms, they'll Mm -hmm. help, you know? Because nobody wants to be the one responsible for the crazy girl in the office. Exactly. And it's like, what is it? The the Benjamin... Um... Button? No, no oh. not Benjamin. The ben, the ben Franklin effect. Do you remember no. that? No. So it's... I'm butchering it. So somebody actually look into it in depth. Again, do your Googles. But it's <laughs> it's something to the effect of like how psychologically when people do things for us, it actually makes them feel closer to us because there's Ooh. that cognitive dissonance of... I would not do something for someone unless I liked them. So it actually mm. makes them look at you a bit more favorably. So it was, like it was, that. yeah, the history around it, he was trying to get something passed, something updated. I don't know, but basically there was some friction. And so rather than him going and doing favors for other people, he brought them in to do favors for him. And that was just how mm. he was able to influence them to ultimately influence do him. something else. Yeah. Smart Benny. Right. <laughs> yeah, man. They need to put that into a musical, you know, that would be good. Yeah. That, that would be good. That makes sense. Use that network. Absolutely, girl. All right. So now that I didn't told all my business. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's two. We got one more. Yeah. One more to reveal. Mm-hmm. What's and your last me, one, girl? Yeah, for me, my last one. And this is the this is the biggest one. I guess I've kind of touched on it already, but I realized I was treating every interview like an audition instead of a date. Mm. And, you know, when you're auditioning, you're just trying to play the part. Who do you need me to be? What do I need to look like? What do I need to do? What do I have to say in order to get the job? Right. And, but when you're on a date, you asking that person questions, just like they're asking you questions, because you want to see if it's a good fit. Well, Doesn't unless you ain't been on a date a... in a while, you know, then oh. you may be treating it like an audition. Oh, huh? that's for another episode. Okay. Well, we're going to put a pin in that. Bing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> TBD. Uh, to be continued, I mean, TBC. Um, <laughs> um, no, but you know, you're like, okay, are you a right? Are you a fit for me? And am I a fit for you? It doesn't mean that person's not a good person. It doesn't mean it's not a good job. It just means it might not be the best for you. Mm-hmm. And when I think back and people have told me certain things, they're like, yeah, it'll be a lot of time of you, you know, maybe doing a lot of work on the computer and less time doing what I actually wanted to do. That what is it going to be a good job for me? Mm. Even though it would have been fine for somebody else, I just said yes or was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love working on the computer. <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah, I just, I just said that because you know, I I wanted you to pick me. I wanted you to like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it can be like matchmaking in that. Um, it, it can feel like that addition type feel in in a way, but I think you need to also. Um, realize that you are an applicant and you're interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you and don't just say the things that you think they want to hear but you know ask questions as well Mm -hmm. and be who you are show up because whoever you show up as and whatever you say you're willing to do that's what they're going to expect of you and that's reasonable more than reasonable um and so 
you know, I wanted to be more mindful of that, not trying to rehearse the right thing to say for them to choose me. But I also want to select where I want to work yeah, and why it, it fits me. Um, mm-hmm. So there has to be a compatibility. You're right. And I realize that. Yeah. And I think like interviewers are becoming better at sussing out someone who's like a pick me a me too person, you know, like, you mm-hmm. know, like, like pick me or like any of the, everything you say, like, yeah, me too. Me too. I like that too. Me too. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. It, and it actually uh-huh. on the other side of the interview, like as the interviewer, that is a red flag when someone is mm-hmm. too, um, you know, um, like, when someone just like outright agrees with everything that you say, you do kind of need to take a step back and be like, okay, like, are they, do they really mean that? And if they don't, then what else are they saying that doesn't reflect the truth? Right. So it can Mm -hmm. actually kind of do you a disservice if you, you know what I mean? Are like Mm -hmm. too endorsing of everything that you hear. Cause everybody should have at least something that's a little different, a, a, a unique perspective because that's what forces things to grow. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think there are opportunities to even reframe things that maybe don't align with your norms to like, oh, well, you know, how, how, how is that decision reached? Or like, you know, have they considered this where it can be more of a discussion point so you can get more information rather than feeling Mm -hmm. like you have to outright agree with everything that they say or what their current state is. And it just saves you a lot of headache because if you just say yes, 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 and then you take that role yeah. and then you're a month in and you're miserable and it's really your fault because they laid out what the job was. Yeah, you'll be you just said yes to it. Saying no, oh. no, 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 no. Oh. We can say yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> True. Because you said they were saying yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they say no, no, no. And then you just get on the table at the interview and you say, boy, I know you want me. I can see it in your eyes. That's how you're not going to get that job, though. You're not going to get the job. And if I referred you to, for that interview and you got on the desk <laughs> doing that, <laughs> I'm cutting off all communication with you. That's real. FYI. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> fair. <laughs> that would be everything, though. If somebody did that, I hope they record it. Because that would, oh my gosh. <laughs> Somebody would walk by and record it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like when Tasha, when she quit the agency on the game and she started oh singing Rihanna. God. Remember? Oh, I forgot about that. She thought Rick Fox had played her. Remember? Yep. How about you a can always take it back to a black show? And remember, Herb was in the back <laughs> getting it because that was his jam. His jam. <laughs> that show was good. Oh, Tasha Mackey Richmond. Was- hey, girl. Hey girl. <laughs> okay, Candace, what's your last one? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, don't rush me. No, really. But that's my third oh. one. Not rushing mm. into decisions. That I think was mm. my probably biggest um, mistake. Um, just feeling like I had these time pressures where I probably had more room to negotiate. Um, so rushing to say yes to the job. Yeah. To say yes to the job, Mm. right. You go through this long interview Mm -hmm. process, you know, which can take multiple weeks, depending on the number of, you know, rounds that you have. And then it's, you know, here's the offer. You have X amount of time to make it, which is often like a very short window. Some may even Mm -hmm. want you to like sign on the spot, which is like, excuse me. Um, but I think I didn't give myself enough credit for like, no, 
there were opportunities to kind of pause, take a breath, stop, mm-hmm. think about it. You know what I mean? And really it's like, mm-hmm. am I ready to sign? Um, mm-hmm. Am I like, have I really processed this entire offer and what it means, not just salary wise, but like total benefits and then my quality of life and all of the other things that are going to go into like what my, how my life is going to change by taking this job. Um, perhaps you have another offer on the table. You know, I'm not proud to admit it, but I have prematurely ended other processes that were still competitive and that I was, you know, maybe even a little bit more excited about because I had an offer on the table from one person or from one employer. Mm. And, you know, most things are negotiable, including time. Um, and I think that- Do you think you did that though, because it was like a time in your life when you just needed a job or- or like what made you rush to say yes to that, even though you were in a process mm-hmm. at a job that you may have wanted more? Yeah, I think it's being just very risk averse um, and part of like that reframing mm. that I talked about on the last episode of like not wanting to focus mm. so much on harm reduction, but that's kind of, that was my mm. orientation. So I was like, well, I have this guaranteed thing that I would be absolutely right. fine with. And then I have mm. this other thing where there's like, if you look at like probability times expected outcome, you know what I mean? It's mm. like, there's still yeah, that probability yeah. ain't at a hundred percent. So the expected outcome absolutely. might be something more favorable to me, but I have a sure thing here. Um, Mm. and I think just taking that second to pause to really, you know, talk through timelines again and in particularly in the cases of like, if there are other offers, you know, just being, being honest about that, because that is the way that the labor market is right now that like people are seeing, people are looking at, at different opportunities at the same time. Um, and I think just being more comfortable with, there's only three possible outcomes. You know, the worst case scenario is they take back your offer, but frankly, if they would do that immediately, like if they would just take back your offer, um, because you have asked for more time, like an advocacy of yourself, it's probably an indication that that's not the type of environment you want to be in. Right. Mm. Like, because it's just even worst case scenario, they should just say, oh, actually we can't. So this timeline still applies. Right. But it didn't hurt. It shouldn't hurt you to ask for more time. You know, another option is they give you the time that you're looking for or another one. They might try to give you incentives to, you know, um, still take your offer while you, you know, would would have otherwise wanted more time. And so you could mm. actually get a better overall offer because they recognize there is a trade-off with you making this decision now. But to ask those questions, to ask for more time so that I'm not being um, feeling like I'm being prematurely forced into something without having all the information that I need. So they might say, we can't give you more time, but we'll give you a house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think that might happen or? Um, I think that's pretty unlikely, oh. but maybe I'm just oh, not okay. in the place in my career where I would get those types of things. Oh, you know okay. I mean? I mean, I'm certainly not either. I just thought maybe that, that would be, be awesome. Yeah. If they were like, no girl, but we'll give oh. you a home, especially in this California, um, <laughs> for real, market, I'd be like, you had me at home. You had me at home. You sure did. <laughs> But for real, I mean, sometimes like, they'll even take into consideration, you know, well, what else are you, what else is on the table? And here's what we can do to make this sweeter for you to actually sign with us now. Right. Because then they know right. that you have something else on the table. So just just giving myself yeah. more time not to feel rushed. Don't rush me. Yeah. And don't not to rush myself, you know, and not to rush yourself. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, another thing I will also fully acknowledge, I feel like this is kind of the elephant in the room, is that we are also um, relatively privileged people, right? Mm-hmm, so there are mm-hmm. circumstances, there are times in your life where some of the, the um, you know, like the pendulum on some of these things will need to change. Um, Absolutely. Depending on like what your, your life circumstances are. Um, mm-hmm. So just want to throw that out there. We fully acknowledge that this is based on our experiences. Um, but we would yeah. hope that the 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 spirit of what is being communicated here of of betting on yourself a bit more, being an advocate for yourself during the process and not just being the recipient of 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 another entity's will um is mm. is something that we would hope you would take from this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a laugh cough, just throwing that out there. That wasn't like a I just want you to know. <laughs> oh my gosh stop it <laughs> stop it oh my gosh oh my god no but also i'm the yeah. dummy who watched like all of these shows like right before this thing hit girl i watched the strain where a virus was turning people into vampires and then i watched last man on earth where well it was only stop like a few people that. i didn't know that this was coming but now it's all so fresh oh. in my mind girl Oh my gosh. The strain was no joke. When they turned into vampires, girl. Girl. Because <laughs> people thought they were dead, but then they started coming back. They Stop watching coming. it. Turn it off. Turn it off. Okay. We're so early into okay. season two, though, and I think there are like three or four seasons. Turn it off. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Save me from myself, God. <laughs> and wash your hands. Oh, girl, I am ashy, isolated, right. and safe. <laughs> Like I have been <laughs> washing like nobody's business. Okay. My nails are just isolated but... and safe. There is no other way to end but that. <laughs> oh my God. All right, girl. But don't be ashy though. I mean, yeah, but I want to make sure that the soap or the alcohol that I put on my skin like has a chance to really do it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So Yeah. And ain't nobody well, seen the um, ash but me and Achuka, and he loves me. He takes me as I am. <laughs> I can be ash. <laughs> if a man loves you and your ash, that's love. Yeah, it's that's real. it's real love. I was like, you know what, guys? That's God real love you, for real. Real ashy love. Yeah. <laughs> real ashy love. You're right. Is that gonna be like our version of like black love? <laughs> like they have like, black love. And I'm just ashy love. <laughs> As she loves. I ain't mad at it. I'm here for that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) You're right. I'm always here for the shenanigans. (laughs) All right. For real though. Stay safe, girl. Um, you know, stay woke. Um, stay ashy. Stay washing your hands. No, I wish you so all the ash. Interact with us on the social. I wish you an abundance of ash, buku ash, if you will. <laughs> oh my gosh! Let us know. Send us your ashy page, ashy pictures. <laughs> Share with us your job hunting mistakes on social ash. media. Post a comment on our Facebook and Instagram pages. Candace is crazy. Oh, I'm going stir crazy. From- I am actually just walking yeah, around probably. in circles ashy. This is tough. Mm. Oh my gosh. Help Candace out. <laughs> Help her while she has self-quarantined. 
we're constantly learning from each other. We're learning about job hunting and how to keep each other safe and healthy. So let us know. <laughs> All right, ladies. Talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. All right. Ash as well. Take care. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>